This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, Matt, we did it. We did it. We got here. We made it. We survived. The preseason is over. Obviously, not uh, not great for Bill Inspector to get hurt, but really, by and large, the Bills avoided major injury, which is great. But it is time to look ahead to the regular season, but still some things to clean up here. But, man, it's been a long offseason, and it's finally here. Yeah, most people are going to be listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, which is two weeks before the start of the season for the Bills, 14 days away. Was mm-hmm. Chicago a little bit different this time around than it was the last time I saw your picture? Man, what a difference a uh, couple months make, huh? <laughs> yeah, 20, December 24th. Uh, versus August 26th and very, very different weather in Chicago. But the same result, the Bills win, this time 27-24. to 24. They beat the Chicago Bears, or 24-21. See, it's a preseason 24-21. 24-21, see? It's a three-point game. Uh, the Bills beat the Bears uh, this time in the preseason. So we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to get to what lies ahead here for the Bills in the time period that everybody's listening. And, you know, there's moving parts, the roster, by the time you hear this, everyone, like there could be a lot of moves made that, you know, we didn't touch on because everything is happening so quickly and so fluid. So we'll get into all of that in a minute. But first, Matt, let's start with the game on Saturday and how important it was for the Bills to get this victory, albeit only by three points. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter on the scoreboard necessarily for the score, but how they played does. And to get a, the team to uh, the offense to play as well as they did, the defense to play, play as well as they did, especially early on for the starters. How critical was that for this group? I think a lot of people probably needed to see that to breathe a little bit. And I think maybe the coaching staff kind of falls in the same boat. Just it was a very uninspiring performance against the Steelers. A lot of mistakes, a lot of sloppy play from the offensive line. This game against Chicago, it was only one drive for the starters. It wasn't perfect, but it was really clean. They didn't find themselves in super not manageable situations. They didn't have a bunch of third and longs. They didn't take a lot of stupid penalties. I actually think on that drive, they didn't take any penalties. They marched down the field very methodically. Josh Allen made some Josh Allen plays. Stefan Diggs made some really nice catches. You'd love, you know, to see you loved seeing Damian Harris get the carry at the two and get into the end zone. We talked about on the podcast a little bit ago, Warren Sharp, who does a bunch of stuff with analytics in the NFL, had a really deep dive on how bad the Bills have been goal line or you know goal line situations. And he basically considered inside the three. And a lot of that is because they have not had a running back who they can just turn around, hand the ball to, and know that they're going to get in. Damian Harris does that on his carry. I think Damian Harris, this was our first chance to see him in game action. He looks like he's got some gas left in the tank. So overall, I think you were really impressed with how they looked on that one drive. And then that was enough. It was like, okay, guys, good job. 
definitely better than it was the other night. We'll see in New York on September 11th. So overall, I think it was a promising sign for the Bills. And I think that their offense still should be kind of this team's bread and butter going into the season and really for the entire season. Yeah, you know what I like too? I know it sounds weird, but I actually like the fact that they were stressed a bit on the offensive side, even though they played really well and they scored a touchdown. Right? They go down the field, they score. They were faced with three third downs. Um, mm-hmm. A couple a little bit longer too, but they, they had to convert those. I like that. I like that they had to be put in those situations. They were a bit stressed. They had to convert. They did convert because you know, Matt, I mean, I shouldn't say you know. I think we both kind of probably think if they don't score that first drive, maybe these, maybe Josh Allen goes out there again. But it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you did your job. Josh and Steph, you can sit down because the starting offensive line still stayed out there. They needed to get some reps, but I think this group needed it. They needed to feel the pressure. They needed to be stressed. It wasn't like they went two plays and scored. They went down the field. It was a nice play, a nice drive. I think nine plays, I think, is what it lasted total. It was a nice drive. It's exactly what they needed. Josh was finding different receivers. They ran the ball pretty well. So this was the kind of drive I think you needed. It wasn't just the fact that they scored. It's how they scored. It's how the drive unfolded, I think, that was super important as well. Well, I like to see the usage of some of the new pieces that they had, too, especially on that drive. I already mentioned Damian Harris and then Deontay Hardy. Deontay Hardy almost played the role of what Cole Beasley did for this team for a long time. It's like, okay, you need a cheap, easy completion that's going to get you six, seven yards. Where are we going to look? And in this instance, it was Deontay Hardy. And then the same thing with Stefan Diggs that it's always been. You need a first down. Where's Stefan Diggs? Especially if they're playing man coverage. Diggs is going to beat man coverage every single time. Those are easy pass and catches for guys like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. So I think that they kind of did a lot of the things. You never game plan too much in the preseason, right? I don't think what they did against the Bears is going to look a ton of like what they're going to do against the Jets when the season actually starts. But you want to see that chemistry that those guys have because I do think that that carries over. The only thing I guess I would have liked and seen more of would be Allen and Kincaid. But you can't really complain given what they did. They went down the field, they scored, and then they took them off the field. So after that, I mean, there, there's really no complaints. And then the defense did their job as well. Three, three and out by the Bears. Offensive starters, by the way, to begin the game. And I don't know if people realized, Matt, in those six plays, they totaled two yards. They had two yards against the Bills starting defense on the ball. That's a really nice job by a defense that also didn't perform as well as they wanted to or should have last week. Yeah, and the thing that I think of when I think of those two drives were big plays from Christian Benford on DJ Moore, and just they just looked steady. It didn't look like they were scrambling like they did against the Steelers. They were not, you know, that that's kind of what happens when you're playing from favorable down a distance. When it's third and 10 on back-to-back drives, you give yourself a better opportunity of getting your defense off the field and getting your offense on the field. The Christian Benford point, though, is one that's interesting to me because I wonder, has Christian Benford become the favorite to be cornerback too? I think for a while we thought Dane Jackson might be the guy that wins that job, but given how they were used in that game and that he was the first to come off of the field after making those nice plays, it makes you wonder if Benford has won the job. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I don't wonder. I think he's going to win the job now. 
I, that's what yeah. I, I, I've been saying for about a week or so, maybe a week and a half on the radio, that I think Christian Benford has been put making a late push to be the number two corner and be the starter. I, I think that what we saw on Saturday is an indication that he's ahead of him now, and they wanted to see that, to see how it looked, to see if they can confirm their, where they think it is. I think Christian Benford lines up as the starter opposite Tredavious White week one. So, yes, I think the answer to your question is yes. To me, it's that he's, he's the starting quarterback. I was going to say, I think we can put a bow on probably two position battles. So, Christian it's Benford. Not, I, I'm, I'm making it sound so clear cut. I mean, obviously, it could be still Dane Jackson. I just, I think every indication from Saturday with how often, how, how yeah. he played with the starters and then how he performed adds up to me to say that I think he's the number two guy now. I So, I think Benford has won that job or is trending towards winning that job. And I think Osiris Torrance has legitimately won that job. That one, I think we can put a bow on for sure. The ones that still remain are linebacker. I have no idea what they are going to do at linebacker. I honestly think Terrell Bernard might be the favorite to win the job just because in their minds, he's got to be better than what they've seen from Dodson and from Klein. That is if they don't go out and try and get somebody. And then after that, backup quarterback is really the only other position battle a lot of people have been talking about. I think Kyle Allen gets the spot, but also given the fact that they were trying to trade for Trey Lance, it would not shock me if they were making some phone calls around the NFL to see if there's any other backup options that they like better. Maybe they make a trade with one of the 10 draft picks they've already got. Maybe they wait and see who gets cut from other teams. I just have not been overly impressed with either of those two positions. Linebacker, the starting middle linebacker spot to replace Romaine Edmonds, and then backup quarterback. Those are concerns for me. We've gotten a little ahead of ourselves, so I just want to dial it back if we can for a second to the game on Saturday and and talk about a couple things that went right or wrong. Um, because there were guys that helped themselves and there were guys that did not help themselves. You mentioned one, Christian Benford, I think, helped himself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Andy Isabella helped himself. He had no. the fumble, didn't really do anything special. He's been kind of the talk the last few weeks, right? And how about just the special teams units? I, is there any concern no. here or is it, hey, these aren't really guys who are going to be on your special teams. These are guys who are kind of seeing if they can play special teams because they might have to fight for a roster spot. I think there's a little bit of a concern because it's kind of been – different mistakes in every game. You had a mm -hmm. missed field goal. You had a missed extra point. You had a big punt return that you allowed. You had a kick uh, punt blocked. You had a big return that you allowed on a kickoff. So like these are different mistakes that they have made all across the board over the three games. So a scale of one to 10, I'm at like a five, like a little mm -hmm. bit concerned, not the sky is falling. You just can't have these mistakes in the regular season, especially against competitive teams, because those can ultimately be the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Kyrie Elam in a minute, but two other defensive backs who actually really did a nice job and helped themselves both from the university of Buffalo. How about Jamarcus Ingram and Cam Lewis and the performance that both them had both in different ways. Jamarcus Ingram, Ingram with an interception and mm -hmm. then, and he jumped that route. It was a great read. And then Cam Lewis was just, he is so physical for his size. He's he's kind of like Taron Johnson in that mold, right? And they had him playing safety, which is really interesting to kind of wash out the numbers, which we'll talk about. But I thought both those guys, and by the way, along with Sir Ian Neal, who had two pass breakups in the end zone, this is a really deep secondary. It's a really deep secondary, and it makes you wonder what they'll be able to get away with because not all of those guys are going to be able to make yep. this roster. So it's like, okay, which ones do we feel confident that we can get to our practice squad? Do they try and potentially make a trade and move out some of that depth for maybe an offensive lineman, an area where they don't have a yep. ton of depth, especially a tackle? Do they try and get a linebacker? 
these are going to be a really interesting couple days for the Bills leading up to that 4 p.m. Tuesday deadline because I think there's a lot of different factors in play here. And then obviously the question about Von Miller, what happens with him? Will he be ready to go? Brandon Bean said of the broadcast, trending in the right direction, some mm. good signs. Like, I don't think you say that on accident, right? I, oh. I don't think you would have said anything if Von has no chance of being on the roster. I agree with you. Um, a couple of guys, so let me ask you this. Was the Darrington Evans run at the play of the preseason? Yes, for the Bills. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. It yeah. was. I mean, it was a really it was a really impressive play. And it's even cool that he posted after the game that he almost did not make the game. He took a commercial no flight. Why. People are asking me, why wasn't he on the flight? Because I'm on the flight. I'm like, I don't know. I just know he wasn't. He doesn't said it he feel wasn't. like doesn't it feel like every year? a running back does something in the preseason to make it's like a running back and a wide receiver every single year kind of make themselves the darling of the preseason. So you had Evans this year, of course, nobody tops Christian Wade from a couple of years ago. Everybody wanted to talk about them. Blackshear was last year. I think Raheem Blackshear and a lot of people were really upset. He didn't make the team. Jonathan Williams years ago, I think was another one that everybody was all up in arms about. Is there anybody that I'm forgetting? Uh, there might have been one like two years ago, and I can't remember his name now. And I have to remember. I have to go back to that preseason. Let me see if I can find it. But you're right. And like, by the way, I think even Ty Johnson did a nice job. Look, these guys, Ty Johnson isn't going to make the 53, I don't think. But no. the reason why the, these things are important are they're guys that now you say, okay, we got him here. We got to look at him. We'd like to keep him in our organization. Maybe they they get a job in the practice squad and can be used as an elevation in the year if there's something does happen to a guy in front of them. That's why you get him in. That's why you get a look at him. I like the Ty Johnson move just because Damian Harris has been a little bit injury stricken over the course of his career. So to have kind of a more veteran running back ready to go and stowed onto your practice squad, Ty Johnson has played important snaps in the NFL before. I don't think the sky would be falling for the Bills if you had to play Ty Johnson as your number two running back for a game at some point if something happened to Damian Harris, to James Cook, or Latavius Murray. I think if he was your full-time starter, then you would be like, whoa, okay, Josh, you're throwing it 40 times this game. But it's just a nice break glass in case of emergency guy to kind of stow away way on the practice squad and and i think that's somebody who is realistic that you could get there anthony williams is that his name was it anthony a couple years ago preseason yeah i don't remember anthony williams i don't don't uh a williams i'm seeing was anthony hold on yes remember then he went to um he went to the giants also i believe i could look i think that's who it was but anyway um it was an a williams and he had uh a decent preseason looks like not great stats but i think that's the that's a guy that i do remember either way Preseason's over. A couple guys also. I don't think Justin Shorter helped himself very much in this game specifically, but a guy that I thought was looking pretty good, Tyrell Shavers had a rough day at wide receiver, um, had a bunch of targets, didn't come up with one, and that's actually responsible, I think, for the punt block. It was his guy that got through. Yeah, I don't think... When I look at the game as a whole, maybe I'm just not giving enough credit to one specific game. I don't know if there's any players who I think lot, like won themselves a roster spot because of their performance in this game or lost themselves a roster spot. I think it just mm. kind of gave us more proof mm. of the guys who we thought were going to make the team and then the guys who we didn't think were going to make the team. Okay, I don't think okay. there was anybody who was like, oh my, like here's a good example. And we'll talk more about the roster coming up in a second. I thought Cam Lewis was going to make the team. I think Cam Lewis kind of validated that a little bit in this game but I don't think he needed to have a great game to make the roster. I thought he was going to make it regardless. 
I think two offensive linemen could have done that. Now, I already thought Ryan Vandemark would make it, but I think he secured himself for sure. He might not be. I think Alec Anderson made a big case for himself. Alec Anderson was able to be very flexible and they they're going to need this because of the injuries and um and because of um Tommy Doyle's injury and the retirement of Brandon Shell and moving guys around Alec Anderson might be that guy who might have won himself a spot we'll see yeah Alec Anderson is a good one we'll talk more about that coming up in a second but I I agree with your Alec Anderson take maybe I I overlooked Anderson when I made my comment about Ryan Vandermark I already had him anyway but I thought he was on the team He was on the team already, and yeah. I don't even think that that was a question, especially given the two players that yeah. you just mentioned, Tommy Doyle and Brandon Shell. Vandermark was on the team. Now the question becomes, uh, let, we'll talk about it in a second. All right, well, let's let's do it. We keep saying we'll talk about it in a second, so let's talk about the roster and where we go from here. <laughs> 